And we're on for another week. 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 For another week. Yeah. And we're on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. We're back. Hey, we're back. <laughs> Episode two. Episode two. We're doing it. We're doing this. Doing thing. it. Doing it. Doing it. Doing it good. <laughs> How you doing today, KT? I'm here. I'm alive. I was waiting for you to say, <laughs> I'm here. I'm queer. Get used to it. <laughs> no, I don't like to be that forward with my queerness. Oh, you mean that the lumberjack shirts and the vest don't give it away? Or the hair. <laughs> or, or the hair. I can't even do. You're funny. I don't want to be that in your face with my queerness. <laughs> I stop with my uh, language. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah. Well, we're here. We're, we're here. here. I put that on my... um. I put that I'm here and I'm queer. Get used to it. I put that on my, uh, uh, at my job, we do these like, uh, check-ins and stuff yeah. like that on Slack. And I just had to let them know one day. That's it. <laughs> that you're here. You're queer. That's it. Get used to it. Such okay. a, How are you doing? How are you what doing a thing. Today? I am jokingly alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. That's, uh, like uh, church camp days, yeah. um, <laughs> but I do think on the whole, I think I'm doing fine. Um, Given all best, that's going on, yeah, this is such a weird question. That's why I always feel hesitant when I'm answering. It's like I think I'm okay if I could like peel back all the layers, all the layers, and just be like, I think I'm okay. Besides, like the racism and homophobia and ableism and sexism and patriarchy. And <laughs> The world is literally ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm doing great. <laughs> I think I'm doing just fine. I'm doing yeah. just fine. But trying to be honest, you know, about the times when I'm just like, you know, I this is just not it. This is not a good day. Yeah. And it's okay. And I've had more of those days than I would like lately, but it just is what it is. And yeah. so, but the sun is quite literally shining on my face. And so I'm going to take it as a sign that I'm here, huh? That skin. That skin. Anyways, but I'm here. We're here. I'm glad yeah. to be here again with you, KT. Yeah, same, Hazel. We're doing this again another day. Another day. And we're busy. I mean, we were just talking about work things yesterday. We're busy. It's a full, it's going to be a full um, load to the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, same. So it's intense. It's intense. Um, how do you feel about Halloween? Well, right? No, 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 no. The real question is: Do you like pumpkin latte, pumpkin spice latte? Oh my god, I'm so sick. No, are you basic? Are you basic? <laughs> no, I am not basic. Good. I cannot even like first of all, in black culture, the conversation about pumpkin mm-hmm. is not even it's not a thing. It's like it's sweet potato. So you gotta have sweet potato pies. You know, they don't even make I mean, don't even get me 
started with like the inherent racism in pumpkin versus right. sweet potato. Everything's pumpkin spice. Everything is pumpkin latte. You don't see no sweet potato latte. You don't we see don't. no candy yam latte. You know what I mean? So anyways, all that to say, I'm not a pumpkin anything. I'm a sweet potato pie girl. And that's what I look forward to in the fall. Mm-hmm. And this year I'll have to be making my own slash yeah. mm, having somebody else make mine because that's not it. But are you, you're not into, I don't remember you being into pumpkin. I hate pumpkin spice, spice stuff. I hate it. It's terrible. It people put like... pumpkin spice. This is where white people have really ruined things. Um, <laughs> they put pumpkin spice into beer. What? Yeah. Why? But why though? Beer's already disgusting. <laughs> it doesn't need any help. Yeah. I know I'm alone on that one. I know I'm one of the few people in my life who thinks beer is disgusting. Yeah. But that's okay. I'll stand by it. But no, I like that it's fall. I mean, I like sweaters. Mm-hmm. I like that it's like you can have a nice-ish, you know, sweater day during the day and a brisk-ish time at night. And it's not, neither are unbearable. Right. But the one thing that I hate about the fall is that it's the impending doom of winter. Mm. Like it, it feels like it just like goes so fast. Yeah, it does. You know, so I'm just like, oh, and it's so cold. But we'll see. Fall right. time, we're here officially. Um, but I are you like the type of like, person that like likes Halloween, like getting scared and being? No, like, not at all. I'm not no. a big Halloween person in general because I don't participate in like the. Most people like end up going with like more witch warlock demon type situations i don't like yeah you're a good christian i'm a good wholesome christian (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't even get through that sentence right get me together but no i'm not a big halloween fan like for Mm -hmm. the way that people celebrate but i love if you have like a nice themed situation for halloween it's not overly scary i can get behind it like sometimes when i participated oh my god we went together one time Uh, you were scissors Oh, right. Yeah, with that's great. Your your partner, and uh-huh. I was a candy corn, and I dressed, I just had, like, you know, an orange skirt, a white shirt, and a yellow blazer, and I just called it myself a candy corn. But I do things like that, but I don't, like, really dress uh, or buy outfits. But Halloween's okay. Do you like Halloween? Yeah, I could take or leave it. But, like, I, I like the... And there's a there's a neighbor uh, a neighbor of mine here that has gone all out in their decorations and I have respect for that. Like I'm like like is... in a scary way. Yeah, like. Oh God. Yeah, it's just like the only house on the block that's doing it, but it's like dedication, and I'd rather that than just like I don't know a witch's hat or something in the tree. Like. I I guess, you know I'm but I'm gonna go for it. Go for it. Right. Mm. Exactly. But no, I'm not a huge Halloween. I think I'm, I'm, I don't love being scared um, and getting scared. And, and so like, I don't know, like, and shit still like stays with me from like my childhood. Uh, Hello. Talk about triggered. (laughs) Halloween is a huge trigger. Yeah. Like I remember the first haunted house. Yeah, I mean, like, even just silly things like um, going downstairs in the basement, and if the lights are off, I oh god, believe 100% that over there in that corner, mm-hmm. that there's something lurking, and you better believe that I'm running from light switch to light switch. 
Do you know? Oh my God. Yes, I lived in an apartment where the, the washing and machine and dryer was like way at the back. You had to come yeah. down the stairs, way at the back, right? And the light, there was one light in the staircase, and there was one light, light midway through the uh, basement, but that was it. So mm-hmm. then you had to like go from midway through all the way to the steps or from the stairs all the way to the thing, to the washing machine before you can get to another light. And Lord have mercy. I'm not particularly at these days like athletic or agile or fast. But when it comes to running through a basement, <laughs> quick. Gold medal. The gold medal finishing first. I feel like Jason Voorhees is like in the corner waiting for me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel you. I definitely, I mean, it, like, for real, for real, like with this, what you said about like stuff sticking with us, whether it be like about Halloween or like the little like horror TV shows and movies that we got. It's like, oh, there's a monster underneath your bed. Like that stuff still feels real to me. Mm-hmm. I know it like sometimes I say and I feel like, oh, my God, that's so silly. But it's like I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, I'm really hot. Let me like stick my leg out from underneath the blanket. And oh, my God, I'm like, oh, my God, this thing is going to grab me and just drag me underneath the bed to nowheresville, apparently. Like yep. the kind of fear i mean i mean so serious like i'm so terrified sometimes of sticking my leg out from underneath the bed and i know like you know on like a like on a conscious level it's like i know i can see underneath my bed i know there's nothing underneath there it's not real but i don't know something got trapped inside my psyche that mm-hmm. i'm totally afraid mm-hmm. of the bed we were talking too about like um looking in the mirror yeah yeah don't look in the mirror well you can look in the mirror obviously you can look in the mirror but like like for me, you would never go into the bathroom and like, I don't even know why you would do this really, to be honest. But like, if I went to the bathroom, the light's on, right? And I'm looking in the mirror. I would never like turn the light off and then turn the light back on. Oh God. Oh God. Like, I don't want to see what's looking there's, back. There's going to be something there. Or like, um, I don't know, like, do you, or not even going to the bathroom in the dark. Like I always have to turn the light on. Like my, my spouse, they go to the bathroom without turning the light on at night like in the middle of the night when they get up and i'm like i can't I c- you know the reason why okay i'm with them but you want to know why the reason why? i do that okay one i just put a nightlight in the bathroom because it's really dark in here when i turn off the light and so a couple times i have like literally like you know bumped myself but i refuse to turn on the light in the middle of the night for two reasons one because it wakes me up and i'm really just right. up well, to go to sense. the bathroom and go back right but two I'm nervous from looking at the mirror. I don't want to look into the mirror and look into my own eyes in the middle of the damn night. Um, and so, but the the scary thing that's happening now is like, I have this little, small little nightlight in it. So I go, I can see when I go in there. And when I'm sitting there after I use the restroom and I'm washing my hands, I'm like working so hard not to look up from the sink. Cause I'm like the nightlight, the way it hits, it's going to just like catch my eye and mm-hmm. I'm going to see the evil in the mirror that doesn't exist. It's so weird. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, all these like fears really like they're, they're funny. Like we can laugh about them, but like, yeah. Best believe tonight I won't be sticking my leg out of the, it's so true. the blanket. It's so true. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about fear and anxiety and how those are so basic to being human. Super basic. Yeah. And they just come from like – and we don't always know where they – we can sometimes locate them and sometimes we don't know where they come from. Right. You know, I, I mean, we, we've – there's other fears that are like more like phobias like even for me like the things that are phobias i'm like i can't even 
Really, I don't even know where that came from. I, that hasn't always been true, but I don't know when it started, you know? So, like, yeah. even figuring out how we get to the places where we're at. So, yeah, fears right. for real, for real. Yeah, and it's real. And I think, you know, you naming the um, – that we don't know where it comes from sometimes. I mean, that's sometimes a basis of fear and anxiety is, like, it's not logical. It It doesn't make sense. And then right. there's, like – real fear not this like yep. cute and funny like we're growing ass adults and we still don't want to stick our foot out of the <laughs> of the covers which we won't we've made that clear we will not not happening hands. but we sort of know someplace in our logical brain that that's silly like that's not yeah something to actually real. really fear um, but then there's like real real fears so like mm-hmm. you know, what are you really afraid of yeah i mean i think like fears that like have actual consequence i mean like right. that something's really going to happen like the thing you're afraid of is because something could really happen it's based in like, reality in a, yeah exactly like that that accident people say like oh fear false evidence or false experience appearing real but there's also fear that's like false evidence real as hell you know what yeah. I mean? like like that that wasn't right with yeah. the acronym but you see where i'm going yeah, like, yeah, yeah um and for me i mean there's so many things that i think that i have that i'm afraid of because i know for sure my life is in danger um mm. and currently there's so there's things that are like really jumbled up that like really i can just name as like white supremacy racism like yeah. i'm a black person in the United States in 2020, where somehow my identity as a black person is up for debate in a presidential election. Mm. Um, And that that brings me a lot of fear, fear that like is real, that like um, really forces, it unfortunately has been forcing me, I think, to be making decisions based out of that fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that and talk more about that in a little bit. But I think on the whole, like, I think about like the white supremacy culture that's manifest in like uh, microaggressions, interpersonal racism, the policing system and how I'm monitored, maybe say just versus you, Katie, Katie, you and I could be doing the same exact things um, for whatever reason. And the way you're even just being what it looks like when you do it from an outsider's perspective versus what it looks like, what I do when I do it could cost my life. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that, that that's real consequences. And I try not to like, live like oh I'm like when I walk past a group of like say for example when I walk past a group of white people like usually like y'all were trained to be scared of me oh hell no I'm scared of y'all <laughs> I could literally die in this moment you know and mm-hmm. so I think it has unfortunately like made me like um, maneuver in certain ways that I don't love and so not the the consequence of course like the real consequence long long if you look at long shot is like the the quick death right like you know in the blink of an eye a police can just think whatever they want about me and kill me and then there's the the long death where like the healthcare system is set up so that i don't thrive the education system you know you can just talk about it and then don't even add in like gender and sexuality and things right. like that um and so i think about that all the time it's like these the, the long and short quick death that happens that is a real consequence and there's the consequence from for me like in a more um day-to-day living just how I exist there's a consequence on my freedom like freedom to just express and be like you get things like um 
the angry black woman when I'm mm-hmm. legitimately upset about things and it's okay to be angry, you know, right. um, just to be, um, the fear gets like internalized. I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I being too loud right now? Am I making people uncomfortable? Did I dress the right way to make this person feel like I'm okay to be in this space? Like, and I don't want to feel that way, but that's just real. Right. And so, you know, when I think about like the, that juxtaposed with like sticking my leg out of the, sure. the blanket, it's like, silly woman, stick your leg out of the blanket. Like, <laughs> but then I'm like, no, everything's going to get me. You know what I mean? Everything's mm. going to get me, even in the silence of my own, home um Mm. and so there's the monsters i see and there's the monsters that i've made up in my mind that continue to follow me but either way like just to live in that kind of fear it doesn't produce any thriving and so and that's not to be debbie downer but that's real right like this is about like sharing the real life experiences and i know that for you um the same is true that there's some fears of like what does it mean, like, to just be and exist in this world in this yeah. way? And so, yeah, I want to just, like, ask the question back at you. Like, what are you terrified of? What scares you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's something it's, – it's hard to articulate exactly, and maybe talking about it will flesh it out a little bit more. Um, and maybe you'll resonate in some ways as well. But, like, there's, like, this – uh, nagging real fear and like and reality a little bit that I um, ultimately don't belong or relate or connect to like my family of origin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, a lot of people are going to hear that and feel that, Katie. Yeah. I, I, my spirit feels that. Yeah. And, and, and I think it, you know, it has to do, you know, with like, like, like for the longest time, I think I've always felt a little bit on the outside of my family. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's been some real moments that I could name of like, wow, it's really obvious that I'm on the outside. Um, But more so, you know, as I, live into who I am, um, whether that's, you know, my own queer identity, um, or someone who, you know, tries to be anti-racist, um, and then therefore have different values, different uh, beliefs, different ways of living that are Mm -hmm. so, um, opposite from my, my family of origin in some ways, you know, not, not completely obviously. And there's a handful of people in my family um, that I think I connect with really on a deep level. And um, I don't know, there's just a fear. I don't know if this is making sense. There's just like a, yeah, like um, a, a fear of maybe not being really, um, accepted or got or um, understood, yeah, yeah or known, like or known, yeah, known, yeah, and celebrated really and like was... loved for it. Not like, mm-hmm. oh, don't talk to Katie about that, or don't you know, yeah, do that in front of them. You know, it's like, um, yeah, yeah, I really resonate. I hear you, and I'm with you. And thanks for sharing that. Because I think one, I mean, there's just like big myth that like every family's got to be like you know 
what are they called? The Brady Bunch or whatever, you know, the stock perfect family who gets along and loves each other, all that stuff. And I think that that's one that is a myth. And it still like hurts when you feel like, okay, I don't have this kind of like relationship that I want. And given the particular um, uh, identities and roles that you, you possess in you and yourself, like that somehow your you as a person, Katie, is up for debate. Nor like it's sort of like um, yeah something to contend with or something like that. Like for me, I'll just speak for myself. That is what it feels like to not belong in my family. It's like the way that I want to operate in this world is not about like you know oh I'm better than somebody you know mm-hmm. all of that stuff, but that it's something that isn't in alignment with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So many other people in the family that you begin to feel like, for me, I'm like, is this right? Like, wouldn't it just be easy to be like, sure, you can say that homophobic and ableist thing. Sure, I'll just let it slide Uh, when you say something that is, like, probably against immigrants. Like, sure, I'll just, for the sake of wanting to feel like you belong even for just a moment and I have I mean full honesty like there's been moments that I'm like oh my god I want to fight so bad against what you just said but I've been fighting with you for 30 years I just want to like have a family dinner and it'd be okay so I'm like fundamentally disagree but sure yeah. sure you can say that you know and that in those moments there's a losing oneself you know and so yeah, it's and hard there's, like a, there's a way in which too you get like pigeonholed in a certain certain role right like so I totally resonate with that like not wanting to like say like I disagree or you can't say that or that's inappropriate or you know whatever that's racist homophobic um and there's like and it's just a broken record like no one's shifting no one's you know um so it's just yeah it's exhausting and and it's um yeah in a way it almost is as if I don't know. It's almost as if we both on both sides are getting flattened in that moment. Mm, Yeah. I think that like going back to like that, like real fear with the the way you were mentioning about like family fear, not like belonging, belonging to that family and feeling a part of something. I think like for me, the, the depth of the fear is like, like I said, not being known. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think if I like think about it long term, especially, you know, you and I do a lot of work with, people around anti-racism and okay. I I know we have seen people turn that corner right and you know with a shorter time with us right and right. so for me I'm like you've known me for my whole life and I've been trying mm. at least for the, ne- the the second half of my life been trying to like you know with love introduce these frameworks and you know pull you into the and I haven't been able to help you turn that corner for me it's the fear for sure of not belonging fear of not being known and for me, it's like a fear of like imposture and like yeah. if I'm out here getting all these other people, but I can't get the people, quote unquote, I guess, like genetically closest to me <laughs> to make the same shifts that I see so many other people who were strangers to me. Right. And right. so then I think for me as like a someone who struggles with like perfectionism and performance and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm such an imposter. Mm. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, like, just the point is like the fear is like connected to sadness. The fear is connected to anxiety, as we've been talking about. Like all of our, the the humanity is even of itself, and as you you will continue, will continue to discover throughout the weeks. It's like so much of it is connected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like 
one piece like oh there's the belonging in the family but like if you take that oh, even yeah. just whew, that can just go for miles and miles right. <laughs> we no. don't have time for that so. no we don't we don't got time <laughs> This and isn't therapy. Aren't here on the on the call with us, so we can't go there. <laughs> but yeah, it's so true. lots to be lots lots that we hold in terms of fear and anxiety, and so that's just a some of it is like to honor it as part of the journey, and some of it is like, okay, what do I? How do I mm-hmm. um, really work with that? Because it presents quite literally physically in our bodies sometimes when these things yeah, happen. Yeah. Yeah, for me, like it, anxiety manifests so clearly in my body where I, you know, I don't even think, I mean, we, I talked about it being like a fear of death. I think how my anxiety has manifested and it started when I was 12 and it was directly oh. connected to my grandpa dying. Um, oh. And my grandpa died of congestive heart failure. Um he was relatively young, like 69. And there's a a big history in my family of heart disease and heart attacks and all that stuff. Um, And so somehow, you know, in my kid brain, I um, latched onto that and I latched onto um, a deep knowing (laughs) that I was having a heart attack or I was going to have a heart attack or I was going to spiral me into panic. Um, but it stayed in this actually like really, even though it's not logical, um, <laughs> it stayed in this logical place that it was just that, like that I was having mm. a heart attack and that the way that I got out of that anxiety was by like saying that I wasn't having a heart attack, like I could mm. exercise and not have chest pain or my mom would be like, well, if you think you're having a heart attack, then let's go to the hospital. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Nope. <laughs> um, and it took me until I was 20 seven until someone was like mm. actually my spouse who was like uh katie when you're experiencing chest pain that's anxiety and i was like no it's not it's chest pain <laughs> like, they're like, no. no they're like that's anxiety <laughs> i'm like i'm not anxious like what is there to be anxious about like my life is like perfectly great and like i'm not busy or overworked like i take time to take breaks i'm not anxious and they're like yeah you are and you have plenty to be anxious about you know Um, yeah and so I think for me my own journey with anxiety and I continue to struggle with it right and I continue to work through this like I feel something in my chest I think I'm having a heart attack I have to tell myself I'm not having a heart attack that it's like not that Um, and sometimes I get hyper focused on it um, and I can't let go of it um, mm. and it can sometimes move into panic. I haven't, I do have a history of a panic attacks. I haven't had one in quite a while. Thank God. Um, thank God. But it, yeah. But it edges, you know, like it edges on panic sometimes. And so far, I don't even know if you know this, that I started taking just like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I started taking an anti-anxiety, antidepressant mm-hmm. medication. Um, and then that, that's the first time that I've, um, taken medication. I mean, that's probably a whole nother, other topic to talk about but um a lot of ego and pride and stigma was wrapped around that for me and prevented me from taking medication in the past and just Mm -hmm. taking that um to just help me with this anxiety and like what we were talking about earlier about just how 
hella crazy the world is right now and anxiety Too much going on. happening in the world is of course more i'm more acutely feeling that now and yeah my, um have you mm. felt like your anxiety has increased in the last little bit or i mean i have yes short answer big y big e right. big s like i mean i'm anxious i mean one thing that like is sticking with me that like is helping me a little bit is that we are supposed to be you know like quarantined or like mm-hmm. trying our best to spend as much time inside our places of residence if we do have residences but um so it's like the anxiety to back to the fear I was talking about the anxiety of like just walking around and existing and like I don't know somehow fitting some description or somebody being racist and I'm like oh my god like just a walk around literally like and some of it is like you know I'm um a femme presenting woman as well and so you know just to walk around as a black woman in this world I just feel like objectified and vilified (laughs) all at the same time there's so much going on and so I think yeah I walk around with a lot of anxiety in general and then I I think anxiety was like it just was a part of my life as a kid you know I and I didn't know that those were the words but um you know I had a really tumultuous I'll just say it was a tumultuous life yeah. Um, before I was able to um, kind of get on and go to college and stuff at 17, but zero to 17 was hard. I mean, understatement of the lifetime. And I'm so grateful to have been doing, to have had a great therapist and support network to help me process and be, be able to like laugh about some things that are actually not that funny. They're <laughs> actually really terrible, but yeah. I have to laugh, you know, so, but I was um, anxious always as a kid. And part of it was, around perfectionism and performance it was like okay there's a world that i've known from a young age there's a world that has already like knocked me down because i'm a black poor woman right this Mm -hmm. i was born into poverty lots going on in the world that had already sort of like deemed me to be less than and so i think i was raised with that like my parents kind of raised me with their anxiety they put that on me and then Mm -hmm. I had anxiety about like okay if this is what the world thinks of me and this is what's happening in my family I need to be the best at all times like the way to get over all that's happening is to be perfect and perform at the highest level and everything I mean I had the highest marks and everything since I could remember Mm -hmm. um and there's some part of me that like takes pride in that because I work really hard in everything that I do and there's some part of me that's like exhausted because the anxiety of like the you know um failing and anxiety of not um being enough not at this point not really just for like for my family but like to society a society Mm -hmm. that like has will just look at me and be like well whatever the the assumptions people have about black women I I just don't even try to participate so I'm like but if I can show them that (laughs) I have this degree these degrees and I've had these accomplishments and I'm I know in my heart in my mind in my soul that it doesn't matter to me or really to them, right? Because mm-hmm. people with PhDs are getting murdered by the cops, you know? So it's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And I know it doesn't matter. And I actually just had this conversation with my therapist. She said, you know, who would you be if fear and anxiety, if you were safe, who would you be right now if you were safe from jump from the beginning of your life? And I was like, I wouldn't care about half the things I'd be like trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I have this anxiety of like, 
constant, this impending doom on my life of not being enough mm. to like to ward off the doom. I just keep performing. I keep going, and it like it's tiring. Like yeah, it's exhausting. It exhausting. Oh, it's exhausting. And I think um, I'm really grateful because I'm I'm finally. I mean, I had a not that I wish anyone could have been there, but if anyone would have been able to be there, I would have wanted it to be you. But I had this breakthrough in therapy last week. I mean, like. It felt like the Kool-Aid man. I don't know if you remember the Kool-Aid yeah, man breaking yeah. through the walls. Oh, yep. yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it just felt like that. And I just, I mean, I wept because I, I think, you know, same talking about, like, just the anxiety and having not even named it as anxiety. I was like, oh, I just struggle with perfectionism. Right. It's like, you're anxious. And I, my, um, the last thing I'll say about it real quick is I have been going to a masseuse and for some time before COVID and stuff and, you know, he kept saying, he's like, oh, my God, like, um, you have uh, right typer's neck, which is sort of, the, you know, you end up, when you hunch over, you get this, um, kind of like, he, the muscle there gets deformed yeah. a little bit. And I was like, I don't even be typing. I don't even be doing nothing. <laughs> so I went to a different masseuse, and she was like, girl, that's anxiety. You could tell mm. when I walked in there. She could tell before she even said anything to me my shoulders were up and I just hadn't realized that I had been walking through life with my shoulders in my ears for 31 years you know mm. and so the way like you said the way anxiety manifests yeah. in our body the way fear manifests in our body I'm not going to remember the author right now uh but the the book the body keeps the score mm-hmm. um really talks about the relationship between our bodies our minds our spirits and experiences in life outside of us and I think there's a lot of like scientific stuff and, and um, kind of empirical data, if you will, that's in there. And what I love about it to our theme is that it is the manifestation of being a human, like right. quite being, being human in our bodies um, and that I can't separate. And I love that I can't separate. I, mean, I, I thank God that it, my body reminds me that it's time to eat or that it's time mm-hmm. to use the restroom because if it was just up to my mind the whole time, I would just sit here and work all day, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think part of the human experience is to say, yeah, like anxiety is real. Fear is real for us. Um, yeah. And I'm grateful that we are the kinds of people who are um, specific around the kinds of anxiety and fears that we named about like the world as it is Yeah, that we're trying to build um, and create conditions in which people can thrive in which our shoulders aren't in our ears, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, yeah. that, that's a lot of work. It so. is a lot of work. And I think, you know, the, the, I don't know, like when I hear you talking about your breakthrough that you had, um, like there's a concept that um, I've heard some people talk about called what do they name it? Um, Grelief is sort of what they'll name. Grelief. Are you so saying like G R Gr A? Like grief, grief and relief put together. Oh, grief and relief put together. I like that. Or like grief and release or something. Because it's like when you have these moments of breakthroughs, like when you realize that for x amount of years that you've been carrying this thing that there's a part of me or maybe a part of you that is like grieved by that 
Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. like you're seeing that, wow, you've, you don't have to do anything other than exist as Hazel and you have to hold all of this shit. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and like yeah. The, the, the absurdity and the grief around that and the anger, you know, I mean, there's so many emotions. And then at the same time to finally name it or see it for what it is and not it being blamed like on yourself is like mm-hmm. a release, a relief that like, mm. it's not me, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, just, I think of like this anxiety business, this fear business and uh, what we've talked about today around like rest and grief and uh, resilience Um and how key they are into this, like being a human, but being a human that's like whole. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't even whole is not the right word, but um, yeah, like, but like I think when I hear you say whole, I think my definite my interpretation in that moment was sort of like just the fullness, right? To be able yeah, to, to experience be full. your fullness, and and of course, like. Um, Howard Thurman often talks about like suffering as kind of two paths one that is just the stuff of life you're gonna like accidentally walk into the wall and break your toes sometimes like you're gonna that's gonna be a moment of suffering and pain and and then there's the suffering that we we being human create and I think um, that myth that that kind of suffering is just a part of life is wrong yeah um and part of the work is a name like, okay, like there's the suffering of like, that's just going to happen. You know, there's some parts of our lives that it's like, not everyone's going to understand us because of their own experiences, mm-hmm. because of their own limitations that hurts. I think some of that is like kind of just human right. stuff. It hurts. And there's the like what people do beyond just like, Oh, I don't really quite get that. The folks who will then decide to demean you, to demean your character based on those things. Now that kind of suffering, unnecessary, right? right. right? And so I think part of the, the work is to sort of say like anxiety and fear, it's real. The fun little like running through the basement, because we know no one's going to be there, but like the fun little running through the basement never is know. like a, what you never know, because things be happening in this world. Yeah, it's crazy but I think there. we can probably be pretty sure that, yeah. At the very least, we can stick our leg outside the bed one day. That one day. day won't be today. But yeah, I, I'm grateful to like just keep getting to know you and the things that like that you think about and that you grapple with, and um, that I love so much about our friendship is that in this friendship, I feel like I there's very few spaces in my life where I feel like I can just bring the fullness, um, and this is great. And yeah. I'm a grateful that I get to do that with you. And I guess some people can hear about it. I guess. I same. I feel the same way, Hazel. So we usually do some barometers to check out. I'm wondering if we got any today or does it feel like we've done it? I think we're good. Maybe, um, maybe no barometer today. Yeah, let's not do I it. Feel, I feel like that was, that was really um, deep, full. Rich. And rich, yeah. I want to be deep, full, and rich, too. Yeah, you know it. (laughs) (laughs) What a mess. Well, Well, we're only... We made it another day. We're only trying to be... We're only human. We're trying our best. I'm sitting here with my 15 plants, trying to be human. 
I'm proud of my 15 plants. I think, though, the more I say it out loud, it's starting to sound like 15 cats. Yeah, and... you're sounding like a crazy cat lady a little bit. <laughs> so I'm going to pause on the the plants. But, yeah, thanks for being human with me, Katie. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And we'll see. We'll see each other next episode. Next time. Until then, be only human. That's right.